Hey, hello everyone. Hi, Lynette. Hey, Jeffrey. Welcome. Oh, Jeffrey. Or Jeffrey. Or Jeffrey. Yes, indeed. Professor Lynette, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. We went out a bit earlier to the coffee shop, the review in Fresno. Oh Cold brew milkshake. Yeah, it was really good. Also, they like hand make their cream cheese. Really delicious. We got a red pepper jalapeno today. Mm. Yeah, it's my favorite coffee shop so far. We still yeah. have more to explore. Yeah, there's another one in Tower District we should check out that I saw earlier, but maybe another day. We were doing. I was doing some writing. You were working on syllabi and planning. Oh my god! Coming up fast. Coming up fast. It'll be like a week. Thursday. Three days. <laughs> yeah. Hello, students who are watching Alrighty. this. Alrighty. I'm on top of things. <laughs> From the future. How is uh, everything else going though? Good. Standard. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good Monday. Usually, so I, I decided that Sundays are probably my favorite days because it's like chill day, do whatever I need to do to get into the mindset of the week, and then Mondays are hit and miss for me. Of is this going to be, is this going to be a productive day? But today was productive. So yeah. I'm quite pleased. You got up really early. Yeah. Yeah. That helps. I got up pretty early. We had a sprinkler guy come. So yeah. All right. Good. So one's ready. One's ready. And we will turn. Well, I'm not physically going to turn to it because I'm using my book as a <laughs> mic stand to make it a little taller for me. Yeah, turn to page 18, The Vanishing Glass. Today's lesson is called Uncaged Hope. Ooh. Uh What is your initial thought? Should I read the synopsis first? Yeah, read the synopsis. Again, I wrote this, so critique away. The chapter starts nearly 10 years later from chapter one's ending, and Harry Potter lives in a cupboard under the stairs with his Aunt Petunia, his Uncle Vernon, and his cousin Dudley. Dudley's parents are taking him and a friend appears to the zoo for his birthday uh, when Harry's sitter unexpectedly breaks her leg. Instead of leaving him alone to cause mischief, the Dursleys reluctantly take Harry with them to the zoo. Harry's unexpected day testing treat, uh, tasting treats, t- tasting <laughs> treats and admiring animals becomes bizarre when he finds himself mid conversation with a bow constrictor. Uh, Dudley's friend Piers overhears, and then Dudley insists on having a front row seat for this new performance, performing snake, when the glass separating them from the snake mysteriously disappears. Suspicion falls to Harry after Piers claims he saw Harry talking to the snake, and Harry is banished back under the cupboard, sorry, into the cupboard under the stairs. Mm. First of all, Dudley is one of the most insufferable humans (laughs) that I think I could ever imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I know he's a child, but... He's pretty terrible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so the episode title, you... uh, Oh, so the way that the titling has been working is that you're setting the title, but based on uh, kind of... I submit some contributions, some ideas of, like, what stood out to me, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of put that together with your own interpretation and come up with the title. Yeah. Um... Sorry, what was it again? Uncaged hope. Uncaged hope. You were thinking more along the lines of imagination, and mm-hmm. I went with hope, mm-hmm. but I love the uncaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I was trying to think of something with the zoo because I felt like that parallel between Harry and the boa constructor, like that was made very visible of like Harry understands and also like, I don't know, this idea of feeling trapped. And there's a lot in this chapter about it's it's basically about like or I was reading it as taming something that's wild um, because that's what the Dursleys are all about. They're all about like their normal little life Mm -hmm. and nothing out of the ordinary and everything that Harry does seems to trigger them and set them off. For sure. So, uh, and I find it really, I like hope because, and I didn't think about it in this sense, but like, despite all of that, Harry still has this like imagination that he likes to play around with. And I mean, his dream, like talking about his dreams and like, Regardless of like all of the, I mean, not necessarily regardless, but it's interesting to think about that dynamic. He's like in a very abusive situation where the humans that are supposed to be caring for him are super suppressive and they like try to, you know, make him into something that's not interesting or that isn't like open and that's kind of like the vibe that I was getting yeah. towards the end. It reminds me, I, I kept thinking about uh, why the cage bird sings. Mm-hmm. And it, especially actually with the snake. But Harry, of course, it's maybe even more obvious. But the snake, like the fact that he thanks Harry and says he's off to Brazil, like he's been imagining Brazil mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. whole time. Yeah, because that's that was the thing is that he was pr- basically raised in the zoo. Like he yep. had never been to Brazil yep. But knowing that there is a Brazil and something out there is like, okay, something that you can hope for or dream for or imagine. Like within his caged environment, mm-hmm. he could imagine the four walls and the glass, the three walls and the glass being gone and it, and like instead the jungle going on forever, you know, and it's very similar to Harry. I mean, Harry does imagine things like he has no reason the strangers, he talks about the strangers coming up to him on the street at the very, very end mm-hmm. of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really, he doesn't fully buy into it, but there is this inkling of like something special. Somebody's going to come and take him away. Mm-hmm. We have the, we have the benefit of hindsight here or foresight into the book that like he does, somebody does show up and take <laughs> him away. But at this point he hasn't, he just has hope he just has hope that something like that will happen Mm -hmm. and then at the very end it's such this chapter alone it feels like its own little story Mm -hmm. it starts with him under the cupboard uh, under the stairs in the cupboard he gets to go out he has this unexpected stuff happen to him and then the worst thing happens to him which is he does something unexpected something weird not at right that Dursley's at some point he talks about like uh, I have my my quote, actually, that I loved. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a quiet life with the Dursleys. But then later in the chapter, they talk about, or Harry is thinking about how any the worst thing that he can do is when something acts unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. They seem to think he might get dangerous ideas. I love that quote. I wrote that as my favorite book. Page 26. I knew, I knew you were going to do that. If there was one thing the Dursleys hated even more than his asking questions, it was his talking about anything, acting in a way it shouldn't. 
No matter if it were was in a dream or even a cartoon, they seem to think he might get dangerous ideas. And I bolded the word dangerous. <laughs> this is my indoctrination of the episode. Don't be afraid of, you know, dreaming things that are outside of the box. Don't be yeah. afraid. Yeah. I mean, I find it really fascinating because some of the questions that I was wondering, so like, okay, speaking of dreams, what's within the scope of Harry's imagination and where does it come from? So, I mean, not to go all weird here, but like, is it because he's in this very uh, suppressive environment that like he's, well, I would imagine that he's alone a lot mm -hmm. or at least like in his mind a lot because I don't know, they don't want to talk to him. Um, and I, I'm not trying to say that this sort of trauma or abuse or stuff like that is um, justifiable because it's not. Uh, to say, like, oh, this is why Harry has his, like, imagination. No, he's, like, literally trying to escape. And, like, his <laughs> the way he can es escape is through what he can imagine and think about. Where that comes from, I don't exactly know. Um, but I also find it very... It's, it's kind of also... It feels like a balance to me. So, like, the Dursleys are all about, like, control. And, like, you want things to be within socially acceptable norming type things. And that gets boring. <laughs> and so like a response would be, well, what if this instead? Because I don't know. But it's interesting that the Dursleys don't seem to have that desire. I mean, I know part of it is, and we got hints, we got hints of it from the previous chapter of like, they, they have a secret, you know? <laughs> so like they, this is like what they've decided life should be like is very controlled. And um, I love how, Harry's talking about like motors, uh, his dream about motorcycles, and uh, Vernon's like, motorcycles don't fly. And Harry's like, yeah, duh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guy. Does that really need to be said? I mean, it makes me, it makes me really sad for them, the Dursleys. Like, yeah. it's a very sad existence to, to be stressed out about something as silly as just imagining or dreaming or thinking of something that isn't real. I don't know. I know. You have to think about now. I mean, even before Harry was really in their life, uh, in their lives, he was already a source of stress. You see that from chapter one. Now it seems like they, they basically lived their life. I mean, not Dudley, I suppose, but the parents basically lived their life under constant Fear and paranoia. Yeah, they're obsessed. Everything is an obsession. It's obsessed. Harry makes the one-off comment, and mm -hmm. he's ready to blow. Vernon's mm -hmm. ready to blow. Like it's right, it's bubbling there. They're boiling constantly. Mm -hmm. What a way to live, you know. Mm -hmm. I understand living with stress, but uh, that's <laughs> well, yeah, everyone has everyone has their thing. Yeah, that's what makes it hard. Everyone has their thing, and like all of our things are not the same thing, and so. Right. That's where conflict arises. <laughs> conflict. <laughs> but yeah, so like these repeated weird things keep happening. So again, like another, it's like a force. So like the more that they're trying to make Harry normal, the more that weird things seem to happen. So we have this boa constrictor, which I'm not sure if the suggestion is, oh, Harry had something to do with it just mm -hmm. because of like how the scene laid out. But I'm not even sure if Harry thinks at this point that he did it. I don't think so. I think he adds it to a longer list of 
weird things because he talks about yeah. like mm-hmm. jumping and then that winding up on the roof and he's like yeah i must have caught a wind that's <laughs> that cracks me up so Casual. yeah i must have just been a strong tailwind here and made me fly for a second yeah yeah i know harry but at the same time that he's like he doesn't really think he's the cause or really like talk about himself as the cause he also has no trouble believing that he's talking to the snake mm-hmm. like he, he it's very it's seamless the snake like raises its head, somehow like points its tail, shakes its head, and Harry's like, "Oh, we're talking." Yeah. It, like the snake just answered my question. Now here's a follow up question, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, so there's that is this kind of line that he lives on of like hope and then caged and then hope and then caged, mm-hmm. like. He believe he has the hope that he's talking to a snake for no reason. Yeah. The snake's just moving until the snake speaks to him. Mm-hmm. Or like he imagines that he's hearing the snake say, like, thanks, amigo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes, but then he goes back and he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, weird things happen. And I always thought, like, I always hoped that somebody might come and take me away. But, you know, now I'm back in, in my cage and. I'm just waiting for it to be night so that I can go eat something. Yeah. So it's this, yeah. We also get a little bit of, um, so he doesn't have any memory of his parents. Mm -hmm. And so we can guess this because he was an infant. He was a year old when Mm -hmm. his parents were murdered. Um, But there's also, there's like no photographs in the household. There's like nothing to go off of. And he has just spent the last 10 years with the most, awful humans in the entire world. It's it's really fascinating because, and I think it's fitting, again, the word hope of like, this is your existence. This is all that you've ever known. Like whether or not, I mean, I don't, I don't think that Harry thinks that the Dursleys are normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I would hope not. Because um, he has, like, he goes to school. He has interactions with other people. At the end, he says he has no friends. It was super sad. He's like, he has sad. nobody at school. And like, not as many of the teachers. You know? And so, like, a snake talking to you, whatever. Like. Yeah. At some point in the chapter, well, I think they're in the car, and he's like, oh, nothing could go wrong. Like, it's a perfect day because of this confluence of stuff that he's getting out of the house and getting all these, like, treats. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of plays out that way. I love that. He, like, gets the lemon ice or whatever, and then he gets Dudley's leftover ice cream that he doesn't want or whatever because it was, I don't know, something was wrong with it. Dudley is a handful Man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't. Also, I think he counts to 37, but then has trouble adding two to 37. That was a weird moment for me. (laughs) I was like, he counted to 37, you could add two to 37, but all right. Well, yeah. 30, uh, 30. Correct me. I don't know. Oh, deadly. Yeah. And like, it seemed in chapter one, like maybe Dudley was already being spoiled, but I think Harry's presence makes the Dursley parents even more like hyper focused on Dudley because he to them is so so normal they want to make him super normal so they like spoil him and give him all the things that like it's 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 the white picket fence type thing right Mm -hmm. and they don't care that he like breaks things and all this I don't know yeah funny can we go back to the conversation in chapter one okay (laughs) Dumbledore is this really the, (laughs) the right decision 
Yeah, that hindsight thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You have to imagine that, I, I mean, eventually we know that maybe Mrs. Fig is involved in kind of keeping tabs on Harry to some extent for Dumbledore, but Dumbledore must have multiple avenues of information on Harry, right? Like, But, okay, so, like, is, is Dumbledore just watching all the, I mean, I don't know. I'm just yeah. kind of, like, this situation, this is, like, 10 years is too long of a time, regardless of, like, is Harry Potter ready to deal with his fame question. Right. is like, to for him to exist for 10 years in this Maybe Dumbledore's situation? use of the Deluminator in Chapter 1 lets him monitor Harry in some way. Yeah, but what's your obligation to, like, come know. in and intervene? I know, I don't know. Would he, right? Is there, it's a great question. Is there a circumstance? Or anyone. I mean, I know that he's here? like, he kind of set this whole thing up and McGonagall knows about it. Mm-hmm. Hagrid knows about it because mm-hmm. he dropped him off. Like Hagrid, to me, seems like the kind of person, as we get to know him, who would think often about Harry, but mm-hmm. not necessarily interject himself into a situation. Mm-hmm. I think Dumbledore, it seems like there must be some circumstance. I mean... If we read between the lines, it's not a stretch to imagine Harry being physically abused as well. He's definitely emotionally and psychologically abused Mm -hmm. by these people. Like, it's a great question. I hadn't thought of that question until this conversation of sort of, was there a line in in these 10 years that could be crossed where Dumbledore would show up and be like, okay, enough of this. Well, and I also wonder, because at this point, like, obviously Harry is nearing towards 11, so... Mm -hmm. There, there seems to be a, at least an, a possible expiration date for this temporary situation. Ten years doesn't feel like a temporary no, situation. No, it does not. Ten years, oh my yeah. God. Uh, yeah, yeah. And especially because it's like, it's it's his entire childhood. Right. This is his entire childhood. Right. And we know from the chapter that this wasn't the only time that something kind of wild happened with Harry. Mm. So this is this is a glimpse of maybe one of the most bizarre with this talking to the snake right. and the glass fading, but this microcosm of one day is an insight into what his day-to-day life for 10 years has been as a child. Mm-hmm. Like how he's not more psychologically damaged is fascinating. Yeah. Maybe we're going to chalk it up to the protection but we'll mm-hmm. see, you know. Yeah, it's just very sad. It's a very sad, it's a very sad chapter. It's a and very sad chapter, like, juxtaposed with, like, this goofiness and it's a zoo and it's yeah. fun and it's, yeah. like, ice cream twice, you know. Well, because I feel like part of the decision was kind of like, oh, he needs to be with family as if that's some sort of obligatory thing, like, right. regardless of whether it actually is good for him or not, like, in terms of safety. I mean, part of it is that they're muggles, so, like, mm-hmm. he's living with muggles and not like in the the wizarding world at some time we learn this will be a a line that we are always dealing with on the podcast is like how much to really talk about the future stuff in the books and how much to anchor it but sometime later much later we do learn that there's like an ulterior motive going on for like why harry had to be you know yeah i'm just thinking about like what are common narratives that are in our society yeah, no, I and know. so like right. family is a very very complicated one it's such it a complicated discourse and the ways that our society constructs what families look like what mm-hmm. the, the dynamics should be and like basically the rights and responsibilities 
that especially parent child mm-hmm. or you know some sort of adult mm-hmm. relative and child relationship yeah yeah these humans ain't it <laughs> no, i was just re-watching lost and one of the episodes or uh one of the scenes is Sawyer after as a kid after his parents die and he just like seems to go live with his aunt and uncle mm-hmm. very similar thing yeah yeah and it's it is interesting how that seems to be the sort of normal mm-hmm. yeah I guess that sometimes it makes some sense because in Sawyer's case he probably knew his aunt and uncle he's like I don't know probably around 10 or 11 in the, in the episode but yeah maybe a little younger well, also, he knew them, but this is very different. He doesn't. Right. Harry doesn't know, and then Uncle he's less than one when it happens. Right, and it also seems like they. I mean, well, they were estranged; like they yeah. didn't really yeah. no. talk. And so I think, yeah. uh, so when I think about like a historical context of like family, perhaps you lived near your family, or you like worked together because you all lived in the same place, or whatever. But that's just not the structure of modern families at all. Like, I mean, you have the people you live with which may or may not be your, you know, biological parents. And then depending on like how big your family is, you might not even live by your family. Mm-hmm. Like think about like how far away we are currently from both of our families, like, yeah. and how long we've lived apart from our families. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a different, I don't know. It makes me interested to see if or how that construction might ever change mm-hmm. in our societal lens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like a family unit and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Dumbledore must. I can't. I can't imagine Dumbledore not keeping tabs on Harry, and he must feel guilty. He must feel bad about these circumstances, especially <laughs> with his knowledge of the fact that, like, even once Harry enters the Wizarding world, it's not like his life is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. He's going to enter this world, and it's going to be madness. Mm-hmm. It's going to be madness. Yeah. Seven books worth. Are you wise, Dumbledore? I don't yeah. know. I would love to like just be in his head. I know. I know. Anyway. Anyway. Good? Yes. Okay. Well, until next time then. Juan's ready. <laughs> <laughs>